1: Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, Awesome. Happy Monday uh, to you and yours. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Uh, My weekend was a bit challenging. Uh, A loved one lost uh, a dear loved one. Uh, But uh, that still does not mean we're going to have a great show, a fantastic show, a special show. Uh, I do this from time to time where I just say, you know what, I want to go solo, and it's just going to be me and you, and I get me a a cup of water, and I'm prepared to sit here and talk to you all uh, for the next two hours. Maybe it won't be two hours, maybe it'll only be 90 minutes, maybe it'll only be an hour, I don't know. I'm prepared to talk to you all for the next two hours, just me and you. And I wanna unpack something uh, that I was thinking about all last week. This is something uh, heavy on my mind, heavy on my heart. Uh, I've dreamed about it and hopefully I'm going to be able to unpack this to you all in a compelling way because I I wanna talk to you about the time that we're in and what we face and what we should do about it. And these thoughts crystallized uh, in my head last week. I watched uh, several uh, sermons uh, online uh, last week that struck me, uh, that that captured my imagination and drew me into deeper thought and a deeper understanding of the time uh, that we're living in. And I watched uh, two of these sermons multiple times uh, because you know I, I'm on a thirst for knowledge, a thirst for truth, a quest for knowledge and truth. And and what I'm going to unpack is appropriate uh, for the time that we're living in. It's going to explain the time that we're living in, uh, but it also explain to you and particularly friends of mine loved ones of mine followers of mine uh why i have arrived where i have arrived at as a media person and why you know two or three years ago i can't even remember the time frame now how long ago i left corporate media fox sports but i felt compelled to leave because i needed to unshackle myself from corporate media and i'm not bad mouthing fox sports or uh, or even ESPN any of them it's just corporate media there are restraints on what you can talk about and i needed to be unrestrained in my uh, quest for truth and understanding and it it the truth kept drawing me closer and closer to the bible and the religious faith that was planted in me as a young child and and so I've spent, and again, I've been on this course for five, six, seven years, but it intensified and became acute in 2020 when I left Fox Sports and was like, man, I need to be standing on my own two feet so I can say whatever it is I want to say. And that journey, again, continues, but I felt like last week I had an epiphany, an aha moment, a, a you know, this journey I've been on came to a culmination. And so uh, last week there were two sermons uh, that struck me and caught my attention and helped me understand the journey that I'm on and and what I think we're all up against and why we're doing this fearless program and why I'm trying uh, to motivate men uh, to get involved in this culture war Uh, because it is a culture war and it's a spiritual war and that's why I keep looking to the Bible and men who study the Bible, theologians and ministers and pastors and my own reading of the Bible, trying to understand what's going on in this world. And so uh, one of them was uh, Vody Bachman, Vody Bachman, who, you know, is a famous minister. Uh, you know, some people consider him uh, the most profound perhaps minister working today, Uh, he he doesn't get that credit uh, from the great masses. Obviously, Joel Olstein and T.D. Jakes and other people are are more popular, and I'm not going to denigrate or have anything negative to say about any of the more popular ministers. I I put ministers all in the same package, but is is... Going around the country, going around the globe, speaking truth, and trying to bring everybody back to a biblical understanding. And so, uh, a friend sent me a sermon that Vodi did uh, three or four months ago, uh, and it was about gospel clarity, and and Votie used critical race theory as his jumping-off point. It, it, it was, it, it was basically the sermon was. Um, a, an analysis that, look, man, they've invented critical race theory, and critical race theory is somehow uh, the solution to what ails the world and ails America, and Votie is basically like, no, 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 the gospel remains the solution to what ails America and the world, and we must not be ashamed of the gospel. He used uh, Romans, and, and again, I want everybody to stick with me. Everybody to stick with me. This is gonna take some time to unpack, but I just wanna give you a little background. He used Romans versus, Romans 1, verses 16 and 17 as his jumping off point to uh, explaining why uh, critical race theory is dangerous and why believers and smart people, uh, people committed to truth. And again, that if you're committed to truth, doesn't have anything to do with your religious beliefs, but if you're committed to the truth, trust me, the Bible has your answers uh, for you, and that's He used Romans one verses sixteen and seventeen. So I want to read these verses just so we're, I'm just unpacking, giving you the background so you can understand my entire message. Uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. So that's he used that scripture to go into an analysis of critical race theory. And and let's don't fall for CRT as if it's more powerful and has a solution for America that the gospel doesn't. Boom, that's one sermon. Watched it twice, it is tremendous. It's called Gospel Clarity. Uh, You can find it uh, on YouTube or somewhere. I suggest you watch the whole thing, it's brilliant. The other thing that uh, I watched, Pastor Anthony Walker, uh, who appears on this show on Wednesdays on Tennessee Harmony, uh, he sent me a sermon he gave, I believe in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, last week visiting minister at someone else's church, and he talked about Luke chapter 22, which is a very prominent uh, book and chapter in the Bible. It kind of walks you through Judas betraying uh, Jesus, and, and it basically goes through uh, Jesus' last instructions to his disciples uh, before he is taken away and eventually crucified. And so, but, but, uh, Anthony used Luke chapter 22 verse 31 to walk us through why men need to retain their faith and the importance of men, if we're going to correct the culture. And so in Luke, 22 verse 31 Simon Simon Satan is asked to sift all of us to shift all of you as wheat but I have prayed for you Simon that your faith may not fail and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers and and so this is hits me to my core that verse because again I'm someone and Simon is Peter uh, you know, Jesus gave him the name Peter, but in this verse, he calls him Simon, uh, you know, one of his disciples. And, and this verse particularly applies to me because, uh, you know, I'm someone who clearly strayed from the gospel, ch- strayed from my upbringing in the church, and I'm making an attempt to return and I'm making an attempt to strengthen my brothers by using my journey, my transparency as a way to explain to the rest of you all. Here's what we need to be doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what's working for me. Maybe it will work for you. I'm trying to be a light. And I, you know, and Anthony's sermon was about patience and uh, you know a hopefulness that. Men would return, you know, even though their faith may have faltered, men may return to their faith. Jesus has prayed for that. And Jesus is confident that, uh, you know, because he tells Peter in a later verse that, look, man, before the rooster crows, (laughs) you're going to uh, deny me three times. That's in a couple of the later verses here. Uh, And maybe it's 32 and 33. or Yeah. Verse 32, 33, 34, somewhere in there. Uh, Anthony made a point uh, that he had made to me, and, and I believe T.J. Moe in private, he, in, this, in his sermon, he said that masculinity without divinity makes barbarians. We talk a lot about masculinity and the need for masculinity on this show. Anthony warns, I think appropriately, masculinity without divinity makes barbarians. I say that is true but then I add divinity without masculinity makes eunuchs you know what a eunuch is it's a castrated man do you ever see varies from uh, Game of Thrones to castrated man it's a man without balls and again and so not disagreeing with Anthony but This unmasculine religion that we have, this emasculated uh, Christianity that we have, has made eunuchs of men. And again, a lot of what we're doing on this show is trying to restore, take men's balls. I'm sorry, I'm just speaking honestly. I'm not trying to speak profanely, but I'm trying to give men their masculinity back because we need it. This world is in utter chaos, and it's in utter chaos, in my view, and again, if you've listened to me on this show, I keep talking, we're trying to be an asset, we're trying to support uh, ministers and comedians, protectors of truth, protectors of the public square, the people that have been authorized to speak truth to power and to speak uncomfortable truths, and One of the failures that we keep talking about on this show is like, hey, we feel like a lot of ministers have been emasculated. They're bowing to the culture. They're afraid to speak uh, transparently about the problems within the culture, because when you speak about the problems within the culture, it gets very uncomfortable inside the church. If you speak about abortion. Oh, there may be people in your congregation who have financed abortions or have had abortions. There may be people in your congregation that don't want to be biblically sound on those issues. And so a lot of ministers avoid it or they cast themselves as pro-abortion or pro-choice pastors because that's what the culture wants them to do. And so there's a lot of topics in the church that are off limits because they're too uncomfortable. They don't want people don't want to rile up their congregation. They don't want to be sitting in front of an empty church. And so ministers aren't telling the truth. And so what happens? We die from what we don't know. You go again. When people turn away from a problem and say, hey, I'm going to ignore that problem. I'm not going to address it. I'm gonna hope that it goes away on its own. That's what we have been doing here in America. In particular, it's across the globe, but right here in America, that's what we were doing. This is where I live, this is the country I love, this is the country that saw me go from rags to some level of riches. This is the country I believe in. And we are turning our backs and ignoring obvious problems. And so the gist of my discussion today will be about what is the real enemy of man? What is the real enemy of the gospel? What is the culture doing to emasculate the entire American culture? What is the culture doing to put ministers on their heels afraid to speak the truth. I don't want... Votie Bauckham, Anthony Walker, these are accomplished ministers, trained and out there on the front lines. I'm not disagreeing with anything uh, that they say. I'm actually just gonna to try to piggyback off what they say, of what they've said, but I'm going to try to bring it home in terms of what the problem is in my perspective it's not critical race theory critical race theory is wrong and it's bad and it's from the tree of Marxism and it's it's inaccurate and it's a, but it's it's a tool the of something bigger and it's a tool that again because critical race theory is in the school system and it's important I'm not diminishing it But diversity, equity and inclusion, or as I like to say, diversity, inclusion and equity. That's the enemy of man. That's what has Christians ashamed. That's what has men tucking their tails and just, oh my God, one day, diversity, inclusion and equity is just going to go away if we just ignore it long enough. And that is not the the case. Diversity, inclusion, and equity is the religion competing against Christianity and all other religions. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. Many people sitting in church every Sunday and every Wednesday, they're sitting in Christian churches, but they actually serve the gods of diversity, inclusion, and equity. It's in their job description. It's what they have to serve Monday through Friday. And that mentality, that goal of diversity, inclusion, and equity trumps any gospel-driven goals being more Christ-like, living a life to glorify and honor God. We've moved completely away from that to living a life that glorifies the diversity, inclusion and equity gods. That is the enemy of America. That's the enemy of the world. That is the enemy of God. Diversity, inclusion and equity. Die. They want us all to die. I'm going to explain. In further detail, I just want to put us all on the same page, where this is coming from, where I'm going. In a second, after I take care of a little business, I'm going to unpack the religion of diversity, inclusion, and equity, and what we need to do to combat it. All right, but first, uh, school is right around the corner, and many kids do not know where their meals will come from this semester. For every order in the month of August, Good Ranchers is donating to help those kids by providing high quality and nutritious meals, and you can join this campaign by ordering a box of 100% American meat. It makes a huge difference in the lives and minds of these kids. Good Ranchers is an award-winning food delivery service that brings 100% American meat and seafood to your door. They source the best of American farms so that you can get the highest quality food possible. A good meal goes a long way for anyone, especially a child. They need proteins, vitamins, nutrition to help them grow. So fill your plate while you fill their minds with Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash fearless to join the movement today. You'll get $30 off, your order, free shipping, and donate life-changing food to kids in need. Giving back never felt or tasted so good. Let's help them hit and pass their goal of 100,000 meals donated. All we have to do is change the way we buy meat. You can get better quality, better flavor, and more impact with Good Ranchers. So don't think twice. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash fearless or use my promo code fearless to claim your offer of $30 off any box of beef, chicken, or seafood. I want us our group, to donate the most meals out of everyone. Let's do this, fearless soldiers. This is a great cause and I think we should all get behind it. Fill plates, fuel mines, change the future one meal at a time with Good Ranchers. Find out why they're the fastest growing meat company in America. All right, I'm gonna delve deeper, but let me catch my breath for one second. I'm gonna delve deeper. Next. All right, welcome back. All right, uh, let's continue the conversation. I just want to take us a bit deeper in, in, in just explaining this problem we have through diversity, inclusion, and equity. I was talking to a very good friend of mine uh, this weekend. Married for 20 plus some years, has kids, good family. He's an executive inside of a major corporation Uh, He's roped into that corporation's diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, program. Uh, He's comfortable with his role some of the time. He's sometimes uncomfortable because this is a church-going man, this is a family man, uh, this is someone that has bought in to Christianity and uses that to Uh, implement and execute his life plan. And he's looking at his role in the diversity, equity, and inclusion deal that they talk about within his corporation. And he's good with it. And then the LGBT issue uh, makes him a bit uncomfortable, among other issues that make him uncomfortable. Uh, And so this weekend I was talking to him And I was blown away, this is a smart person, this is a college educated person. This is someone, salt rock of America type American. He's checked every box, here's what I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to get married, I'm supposed to be committed to my wife, I'm supposed to get educated, I'm supposed to be law abiding. He's done it all, all the values that He was taught years ago, he's used them to move ahead in this society, but he's incredibly uninformed because he's busy, and and he's uninformed about what's going, he's uncomfortable with the culture, but he doesn't know the culture, he doesn't know the forces that are making him uncomfortable within his work environment, and this is someone that Virtually every Sunday, if there's 52 Sundays a year, I would imagine he's inside of his church 40 of those Sundays. And I would imagine 51 to 50 of those Sundays, if he's not inside his church, he has some sort of church experience, either at home, through YouTube, watching on TV. Uh, During the week, he's involved in church activities. Things like that. He's completely uninformed about what's going on in the culture. And again, I go back to this is my problem with the church. It's avoiding what's going on in the culture. And so I started walking him through like, hey, man, you got kids. Uh, Have you, you know, drag queen story hour at the libraries? The drag friendly shows for family friendly drag shows for kids and all the And so I started sending him videos because, again, this was he had like heard about it. But he didn't fully know it's like something he had heard in passing. And then the the video that's playing now, can we not play the sound on on that video? Uh, The video we're playing now, I sent that's a young child at a drag show filled with adults throwing again that's a drag uh, queen king whatever it's a man dressed as a woman talking to a young child that young child is dancing that room is filled with adults they're making it rain on this child this is going on in our culture Everybody has bought into that because, again, we want to be inclusive. We must serve the inclusivity gods. We must be diverse. And this is what diversity looks like. Take your kids, get them acquainted with the very diverse people of the drag queen uh, group. let That's what inclusion looks like. Taking your child to a drag show and having that child, a female child, dance on stage while adults walk up and throw dollar bills at her. We need to be screaming about this from the rafters as loud as we could. What I just showed you is a satanic act. You don't take a young child. First of all, you shouldn't go, but grown folks can do what they wanna do, I get it. But taking a young child and having them dance on stage and throwing dollar bills, this is child trafficking, this is sex trafficking. This is grooming, and I know that YouTube and all the uh, social media platforms don't want us using the word grooming. What else is it? And so, there's a second video, uh, and it's a shorter one. Let's play the other one of the drag-friendly, yeah, this is, I believe, a little boy, yeah, at, at a drag show. Dancing with a bunch of uh, drag queens, kings, whatever. I could give you an endless reel. We could sit here for two hours just playing clips of kids at drag shows being videotaped, dancing and performing for adults. It's hard for me to even talk about it without tearing up that we're doing this and that men are doing nothing about it because of the diversity, inclusion and equity gods, the real religion, imposing its will. Oh my God, if I call this out, I'm homophobic. I'm transphobic. I'm drag queen phobic. This is sick. And so, I'm explaining this to my friend, and then uh, I really blew them away. They had no idea. I said, "Hey, you know who Rachel Levine is?" They had no idea, and I'm like, "You, you, you you've never heard of Rachel Levine? This has, you know, none of your circles. It's not talked about at church. I'm like, this is some Biden appointee to the." some kind of health unit United States assistant secretary of health or whatever and and I go I go this is we've called this man America's first four-star admirable admiral woman and they've dressed her up in a him up in a uniform and a dress and all this and and done up his hair and called him and 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 I'm like My friend had no idea, and I go, oh, wait wait till you see who we sent over to France, who we sent Rachel with, this dude, Sam Britton. He's got some kind of uh, government title. I think he's uh, Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy, Sam Britton. And so I sent my friend, I texted him. Here they are, headed off to France to represent America. This is the work of the diversity, inclusion, and equity gods. The people in power think Rachel Levine and Sam Brenton are progress and proof of inclusivity, and that the entire uh, point of life here in America and across the world is to be inclusive. We've, stray so far from, hey, the purpose of life. This is among us that are believers. The purpose of life is to glorify and honor God, to live a life that glorifies and honors God and wins people to Christ. That is our purpose. It's not to be inclusive. It's not to make diversity and equity the, the, our scoreboard the most important thing. But that's what has been done to us. I I then send, hey, did you hear about the two uh, gay men, couple, that uh, adopted two boys and uh, are now being charged with uh, putting these young boys in child porn? And do they do these two guys represent uh, all of gay America? No, they don't. No different than O.J. Simpson doesn't represent me as a black man. But as a believer, I I've thought I and believe, and I'm not going to apologize for this, two men married to each other have no business Raising a child, that's not what God intended. We're being moved away from our biblical worldview and we're tolerant and accepting of everything because of diversity, inclusion, and equity. And let's not hurt anyone's feelings with the truth. Family is between man, woman, and child. That's what God intended. That's what works best. Whether you're a believer or non-believer, no one can deny that the ideal family is man, woman, and child. You don't have to agree with me about Jesus as your Lord and personal savior, but I'm sorry. The facts are in, the evidence is in. Family is man, woman, and children. That's what works best. That's what produces the best results. Two men who can't control their lust for each other. That's not the ideal group of people to be raising a child. There's no proof of it in human history. Show me anywhere in human history, anywhere. All these history buffs, Hannah, Nicole Jones or whatever her name is, Hannah, Nicole Smith, Hannah, Nicole Jones, show me anywhere in history. You went all the way back to 1619. Is there any proof in the history of the planet that civilizations rose up from two men married to each other and raising kids? But because we serve this new God, diversity, inclusion, and equity, we're making up new rules. And you know what? Two men, two women, let's marry them up. That's, that's no different than anything else. And I'm so, Call me homophobic. I'm not. I'm not afraid of them. I don't discriminate against them. I don't see their uh, sin any different than my sin, but it's sin, I just don't deny it. I'm not going to deny the truth just because the culture has installed a new God. (sighs) I asked my friend, and my friend has always pulled that democratic lever, but I asked him. So we got someone on the Supreme Court who, when directly asked about can you define what a woman is, she didn't have an answer. You don't find this troubling that America is now having a debate about what a woman is and what a man is. This is a fundamental, and again, my friend is a Christian. He's read Genesis. He knows that God created man and then created woman from Adam's rib. He knows all of that. This is a fundamental truth. This is like debating, does one plus one equal two? If someone told you three, you would say, this is an idiot or this is a crazy person. And so when someone being put on the highest court in the land, ducks, dodges and dies when you say, what is a woman? This is frightening stuff. Just to refresh your memory, here's Katanji Brown Jackson Dodging when asked what a woman is.
0: Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not believe a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well.
1: <clears throat> this is that that's not critical race theory driving that insanity. That's diversity, inclusion and equity driving that insanity. Diversity, inclusion, and equity is the cause of American chaos. Diversity, inclusion, and equity is the devil's tool to distort, obliterate truth. That's an educated woman pretending she can't define what a woman is. An adult female. She can't can't say that because in order to be diverse and inclusive, we need to make room for men with penises to feel like they're a woman. And we have to accept their truth. They're arguing there is no biblical truth. There is no truth but your own. This is in direct contradiction to the gospel. I'm speaking to those of you that are believers, but those of you with common sense have to understand the truth comes from somewhere. It was established somewhere. All these, the fact that we know that today is Monday, that's derived from the Bible. It didn't just magically pop up out of there. That's directly our whole system has been built. Our calendar, the reason why we know it's August 9th, the calendar was set up by the Bible. There was a truth that we all fundamentally agreed upon. That these satanic supporters of the devil want to blow all of that truth up and restart with how they feel. This will not work. It is leading to your kids being groomed and targeted and groomed into a lifestyle that will destroy them and won't allow them to reproduce. You can't reproduce scissoring. You can't reproduce with your penis in someone's rear end. How many different, I'm gonna get in trouble. But I don't care how many different diseases have to pop up for you to go. Hey, hey, Maybe God has made a ruling on sticking your penis in someone's rear end. And that's why monkey pox is coming from that. But let's be in denial of the truth. Let's don't even talk. We can't even discuss that. 94% of the people with monkeypox it's coming from one activity. You know why we can't discuss it? Because of diversity, inclusion and equity. Oh my God, that's not very diverse. That's not very inclusive. Equity. We owe these people. We owe the gay community. They were mistreated. We owe them. Let's we let's be equitable. And black people, even though you didn't go through slavery, we've come up with an argument that you might as well have. And that's your excuse. And so we owe you equity. Everybody running around like they, they're owed something. This is incomplete contradiction to a biblical worldview. Speaking to once again, to those of you that are believers, We owe Jesus. We owe God. All this running around, you owe me, you owe, the America owes me this, white people owe me this. That ain't in the Bible. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. This entire matriarchal culture that we have, And this again comes equity. People are old. women are old things. They got a bad deal. They couldn't vote. And boy, we didn't cater to them in the workforce. They're old something. So let's be diverse and inclusive and give them things they haven't earned. That's equity in pursuit of diversity and inclusion, a byproduct of diversity and inclusion. And again, I've I've walked you through this previously, just trying to tie everything we've been talking about on this show, tie it all together. If we take away all of this modern technology And go back to what it was like in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. There would be no debate about what a woman is. There would be no debate about the customs of men being the leaders in the workforce. These customs and traditions that are all allegedly steeped in sexism. I wish we had a back to the future time machine so we could drop all of these people, Gloria Steinem, uh, AOC, Hillary Clinton, let's drop them all in 1700 and then say, okay, you want to be equal to me? Get out here and do this work. Come on out here in the field with me and do this work. Or would they say, you know what? I'll be right here in the kitchen, take care of these babies. Whatever you bring home from hunting, I'm going to cook up. Or would Hillary Clinton say, nah, baby, I got this tonight. I'm going to go out and do the hunting and farming. I'm going to go out here and do all this manual labor. They would all change quick. And so this whole history that they're denigrating, and oh, it was so evil, and those men were so sexist. Those men were pragmatic and realist. And so were the women then. They looked at the reality of like, hey, man, I'm going to eat. Some man better go out here and kill a bear or or something for me to eat, because I can't do it. I'll cook it when he brings it home. I'll raise these kids. And I get Hillary Clinton, AOC, Kamala Harris, None of them, if we moved them back to 1700, 1800, none of them would be having abortions. That would be lunacy. That child in the womb was so valuable. Nobody was thinking, oh, how can I kill this baby? It's like, how can I break my back to have this baby? Because this baby's gonna come out of this womb and he's going to be an asset. He's going to help this family, or she's going to help this family in some capacity. But these idiots, spoiled by technology, fueled by lust for power, all these cultural traditions, oh, they're all evil and they're all a byproduct of white supremacy and evil men, That just wouldn't let us go out there and hunt and fish and farm like the rest of them. Oh, they they were just so terrible. And so all of that in the past must be erased and eradicated. What What the world needs is more women in charge. If we just had more women in charge and out doing things that men used to do, the world would be a better place. Show me that, find me that in the Bible anywhere. It's not there. But we're now slaves to diversity, inclusion, and equity. We owe women something. And we, we, we gotta be more diverse. And again, I'm not anti-woman. I, I, I work with them, enjoy working with them. But I'm not kidding myself. We've gone too far with it. We're ignoring and abandoning our kids and thinking in money. Uh, Will will replace a proper home and someone actually supervising our kids and developing them and nurturing them and raising them. We wonder why our kids run wild, have no integrity, no morals, no ambition, no work ethic. I want to go to one more thing about this culture, that diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I, I can't cover it all. I'm just giving you examples, telling you the conversation I had with my friend, trying to break all this down. Last thing, Friday night, Bill Maher on his show, which is pretty good for, for uh, you know, I'm a fan of Bill Maher, I'd make, I don't hide that. And so, so again, you know, everyone, oh, Whitlock, just, you know, if you're not Christian, he can't stand you. I don't know anybody more hostile to Christianity than Bill Maher, but Bill Maher likes the truth. And, so, and occasionally, that's why he finds it from time to time because he actually likes it and hunts it up and will deliver it. And, and this one here hits close to home. He did a, a Final Thought or it's not called, what is he, a Real Time, Real Rules or Final Rules? I forget the name of his final segment on his show on HBO, but the show's called Real Time, but I can't, re- can't remember the, the name of the, his final segment. Whatever. Uh, he did a monologue about normalizing obesity. And again, th- this goes back to diversity, inclusion, and equity. Fat people like me have been mistreated in this country. We've been shamed. And we must correct that. And we must empower fat people. We must be more inclusive of fat people. Southwest Airlines, widen your seats so Jason Whitlock can be more comfortable sitting on his Southwest Airlines flight. That's equity. It's insanity. And Bill Maher called it out. It's insanity. It's, it's. Here's an excerpt, just a taste, of Bill Maher's little final monologue. I think it's called New Rules, I think. Here here it is.
0: There's a disturbing trend going on in America these days. Rewriting science to fit ideology or just to fit what you want reality to be. We've gone from fat acceptance to fat celebration. That's new, that is new. To view letting yourself go as a point of pride? We used to at least try and be fit and healthy, and society praised those who succeeded. Now the term body positivity is used to mean I'm perfect the way I am because I'm me. <laughs> it's Orwellian how often positivity is used to describe what's not
1: healthy. Anything that will kill you, shorten your life. That's what they're for. And I'm not including Bill Maher, but again, if abortion, it'll shorten your life, I'm for it. Obesity, it'll shorten your life, I'm for it. Uh, uh, LGBTQ. It will shorten your life. I'm for monkeypox. I'm for HIV. We must be more inclusive of it. It's dangerous, immoral behavior. We must be more inclusive of it. Every, free sex. And again, I used to participate in it. I was very hedonistic. But the truth is that is not healthy. That does not lead to a better life. It puts you in danger of disease. It shortens your life. And so this whole movement that they've got, all under diversity, inclusion, we must be inclusive and diverse, and we must be accepted and tolerant of everything. This is the world we're leaving to kids and young people. If everybody adopts the LGBTQ deal or if 10% or 15%, that's a lifestyle that doesn't reproduce. That's a lifestyle that doesn't reproduce the family structure that God intended. The family structure, let's take God out, the family structure that actually works and has been proven over time. All of this other stuff is an experiment that anybody with a brain knows how this experiment is going to end. Die, D-I-E, all of it. That's all that they're promoting. And many of us get frustrated. I don't want to drag anybody else into this. It's just, but, but you know, I talk to T.J. Mo a lot. And we're just sitting around frustrated like, why aren't churches screaming this from the rafters? How, how can one of my best friends who I'm t- is in church most Sundays. Goes through some sort of church uh, experience every Sunday. How does he not know? that this is what's going on? How does he not know what forces await his kids? How does he not know what's going on in the culture? And and we sit around and wonder why men aren't activated to push against this, to stand up and to draw a line in the sand? Why men of faith? And again, this person is a man of faith. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't because he's a leftist and he's been brainwashed into being a leftist. He you know, he gets he trusts the corporate media. They're not telling him this. There's one source for him to get the truth. And it's from his minister or other ministers and we're not giving it to them and it pisses me off. That's your one and only job. It's not your only job, but again, you have to prepare these people for the world that they live in so that they know how to combat it. We're sending them out there blind. They don't know what's going on and that's why they just go with the flow. Oh, my job says uh, I can't get promoted unless I get on board with same sex marriage and drag queen story hour for my kids. So guess what, people hop on board because their minister is not leading them, not discipling them in what's going on and how to resist it and why they need to be involved in stopping this insanity. I'm gonna take another little break to catch my breath here. Uh, While I do that, uh, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock, hit the notifications, hit subscribe. Uh, You can email me and us, uh, let us know your feedback at fearlessattheblaze.com. I want your direct feedback. I've had a lot of people reach, how can I contact you, how can I contact you? Well, now here you can. If I don't see it, someone else will and I will make it a point to look through these emails myself, but someone here on my team will see it. Uh, Stick around. I'm not done yet. I just, I I wanted to, I've now given you the problem. I already gave you what inspired me. Uh, Now I I, want to delve a bit deeper into those scriptures I referenced at the beginning of it and try to explain Uh, what is going on and why DIE is the enemy of Christianity and America.
0: It's my obligation hate discrimination up your hands for freedom. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome
1: back. Uh, let me continue, uh, pick up where I left off. Uh, I've already told you about uh, vodi Bakum and Romans one, I believe, verses 16 and 17. Uh, and, and how we're ashamed of the gospel, that there's this uh, price you pay in the corporate workspace and this there's a price you pay among your social group. If if you don't hop on board with what the culture has said and the culture has said that diversity, inclusion, and equity is the goal. And anybody who isn't on board with diversity, inclusion, and equity, and the, the entire agenda, the matriarchy, LGBTQ, trans, uh, soon pedophilia, uh, if you're not on board with all of that, uh, you're, you're some type of homophobe, you're some type of racist, you're t- and people just don't want to pay that price. And so now they're ashamed of the gospel. And people don't aren't comfortable even telling people that they don't know that I'm a Christian. They don't want to deal with the hassle of it. And again, this is why uh, Jesus uh, told Peter, like, (laughs) for the roosters crow, you'll deny me three times. And and it's because, one, what Jesus is saying there is that, uh, man, it's hard being my friend. It's hard standing next to me. There's some heat that comes along with this and and your faith and your willingness will go up and down. And Peter said, look, man, I'm ready to go to prison. I'll die for you. And, and most people believe that's true. Peter would die if if given the ultimate choice, he would die. But on these little things that aren't life and death, what Jesus. <laughs> yeah. you'll you'll bend on these things. And that's what they've done to us with diversity, inclusion, and equity. They've got us to bend on all these things we thought, were oh, well, same-sex marriage, that's that. Once we give them that, that'll be that. Well, now we, (laughs) you know, once a man with a penis says he's a woman, we gotta call him a woman, and we gotta let him go out here and compete against little girls. Uh, Okay, we'll give him that and that'll be that. Now, <laughs> your teacher comes, uh, teaches your second and third grader and wants to have long conversations with, with your second or third grader about their sex life and their dating relationships and their uh, pronouns and their non-binary. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll give them that. It'll stop there. And what I've been saying forever is it's never going to stop. And if there is an end game, it will be at pedophilia. And that's just around the corner. Well, it's a lot. I can't help it. I'm attracted to, to 12-year-olds. I can't, I can't. That's no different than you being attracted to a grown woman. And, and this is the type of idiocy that diversity, inclusion, and equity has brought to our front door. And it's, it's as if I'm 55 years old. Just going to keep it real with you. There's a lot of 25 year old women I find very attractive. And. Over the past few years, I've used my discipline, my morality, my beliefs, my uh, resolve to be a good person. Not to flirt with 25 year old women. It, It just. Again, there's a lot of things we feel. I I feel like having a double filet of fish sandwich and a double cheeseburger and a large order of fries when I leave here today. That's what I feel like. That's not what's best for me. So I'm going to drive by McDonald's and go home. And there's some uh, vegetables. (laughs) Some sort of beyond impossible burger that I'm going to cook on this and I'm going to eat that. And I'm not going to eat a big amount of it because that's what discipline and self-control require me to do. But we've created this myth in this society that whatever someone feels must be respected and must be tolerated all because the diversity, inclusion, and equity gods say so. And so I want to, and so I, I, I've dealt with Romans and, and what Vody talked about. I just want to go a tad deeper on Luke 22, uh, verse 31, because I found this very fascinating in Anthony's sermon. And so it, it's, it's, It's I'm going back. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. The word sift. I I found and so I went to the dictionary uh, to look at sift. You know, I kind of knew what it meant, but I wanted the dictionary definition of the word sift to separate and retain the coarse parts. A flower, ashes, etc., cetera, with a sieve. To separate and retain. And so, God, Jesus is basically saying uh, the devil wants to separate you, the disciples, the believers, and then he wants to retain the coarse part. And that's exactly what has been done to those of us who are believers in Christ. That is exactly what has been done to those of us that are non believers but share. Uh, similar values, we've been separated and we've retained the coarse parts. And so, how do they separate us? Particularly believers? Well, they go, oh, you're a black believer, you're a white believer, you're a Latino, you're a brown believer. Oh, you're heterosexual, you're cisgender you're bisexual, you're gay, you're lesbian, you're non-binary, you're trans you're transgender, you're Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you're a conservative. That's how they've separated us. and that's why we have black and white churches because we've been separated. We and again, None of this is consistent with what's taught in the Bible. For those of us that are believers, to allow ourselves to be separated with these little alternate identities that have nothing to do with being image bearers of Christ, image bearers of God, made in the image of God. That is all of us, and we should come together on that. But... The devil, using diversity, inclusion, and equity, has been able to separate us and made us lean into primary identities that have nothing to do with God. This is the brilliance and the insidiousness, the evil, the wickedness of diversity, inclusion, and equity, and the devil's game plan. Everybody. Go check people's Twitter bios, what they say about themselves on Facebook, how they introduce themselves. No one says, hey, I'm an image bearer of Christ. Hardly anyone says I'm a Christian. First thing that comes out of their mouth, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm black, I'm white, <clears throat> I'm liberal, I'm conservative. And you got people running around, I'm unapologetically black. And, and I've yet to hear it, I'm unapologetically Christian. I've never seen, I've never seen that trend over social media. So we have been separated by all of these different identities. We've thrown off the identity of Christ and bought into all these other identities. And that's why we're at each other like this. We don't see our shared humanity. We don't see our shared uh, uh, creation. We don't see that we all come from the same creator. We don't think as a culture that we're here to glorify and honor God. We think we're here to serve all of these little identities that the devil has placed on us. I'm here to be as black as I can possibly be. I'm here to be as conservative as I can possibly be. I'm here to be as liberal, and progressive, and non-binary, and cisgendered, and uh, whatever all, because I don't even know what these terms, some of them mean. I really don't, because I'm too old, and they didn't have that when I was growing up. But that's where we're at right now as a culture. We've been separated, and that's why we can't accomplish anything. Our influence, believers, has been completely stripped and diminished because We've allowed ourselves to be separated and the coarse parts are left. So I went to the dictionary, just, you know, coarse is a simple word, but I just went to the dictionary because, again, these words in the Bible, they all have meaning. And so part of the definition of coarse is harsh, grating, lacking delicacy, taste or refinement, unpolished, of inferior or faulty quality, common base, And then finally, vulgar, obscene, and crude. Is our culture not vulgar, obscene, and crude? Do we not celebrate the most vulgar, obscene, and crude things uh, in this culture? Did we not uh, just put a bunch of gangster rappers on the biggest stage uh, that America has to offer at the Super Bowl? And didn't everybody call it the greatest thing? And boy, the NFL's being diverse and inclusive and equitable. It's about time we put uh, gang bangers and uh, lyrical pornographers on the biggest stage in America and let them perform at halftime. Let's celebrate all the vulgarity, cruel, uh, crudity, uh, obscenity of gang culture. Did Snoop Dogg not crip walk? on the Super Bowl halftime stage and everybody, yes, that's black, that's it. Did we not just celebrate that? Isn't that where our culture has gone? I'm talking about all of us. This was universal because anybody that would raise a voice and say, really? And again, I know the music. I bought all of their music. I'm, I'm from that world, I get it. But that stuff is satanic. And anybody that musters the courage to say, hey, man, this is inappropriate. This, this is sick. Oh, well, you're a racist. You don't believe in diversity, inclusion, and equity. You're a racist. So we've been separated, and we've been left with all the chorus parts. Let's accentuate. He's, he sifted us, the devil, separated us and then left us with all the vulgarity, the obscenity, and the crude parts. That's why porn is the most popular thing on the internet. That's why, and I still struggle with this, I'm just being honest, that's why on Instagram, some woman with a nice butt, with her butt turned around showcasing, that's the most popular stuff on Instagram. That's how you build a following on Instagram. Showing off your rear end and breast. Scroll on that and look at that forever. We all do it. I do less of it, but I still have my moments. Every, every movie now, Every's a strong word, but most movies now, have some sort of unnecessary sex scene, front and, and I'm saying scene, I need to put an S on that, sex scenes that are always soft porn. Every movie, take your family, see, it's hard to sit around and watch a movie with young people uh, because there's gonna be some unnecessary, I can't remember the movie I referenced, a uh, month or two ago that I watched uh, with Matthew McConaughey and some young actress, I, I can't remember the name of it, but he, she stripped down in front of him and and, and I just stopped the movie. I, I couldn't watch it, I was on color. I was like, Matthew McConaughey, at the time he's making the movie, he's like in his 40s. This girl was 19, 20 years old. And I was like, I don't need to see this. Th- th- they could have, of, of hinted at this or told us that that happened. They didn't have to show us. But that's what we've leaned into, all the coarse parts. Move, movies, I guess, wouldn't be enjoyable now without an abundance of nudity and a really, really uh, aggressive sex scene. I don't... I don't know how many movies now. I, I would say five percent of them. It feels like start with a sex scene, and I'm just to what end? How does this drive the story? How, how does how do I need that part to understand what's going on? Could it, it, it could just be, hey, these people had sex, or we show them coming out of the bedroom. Putting clothes on, but instead we have to show the act of sex. All the coarse parts is what we've been left with. Gang culture is accepted all over America. It it's <laughs> devil hats all to you. I'm I'm. It's, it's really, really impressive uh, what you're doing and how we've fallen for it. And again, I'm sorry, I blame ministers. This stuff is so obvious and it's not being taught. Church, it's not being explained. Everybody wants to dance around it. Everybody wants to hint at it. No one wants to go at it full steam ahead. Guys, we have a problem here. And if men don't stand up, this problem is going to kill us all. Die. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. As believers, as Christians. Just as well-intentioned, well-meaning adults. We have to walk away from all these identities that are meaningless. My skin color is just packaging. It, it's not a, it doesn't define who I am on the inside or how I conduct myself. Neither does yours, regardless of what color you are. I'm gonna take one more break, gather my thoughts. And uh, try to bring all this home uh, one last time. Uh, get your fearless army swag at shopblazemedia.com fearless. Uh, I'm gonna try to pull this all together next
0: we want freedom. I just I wanna I just
1: all right, welcome back. So what am I saying? What, what's the point of all this? Why am I calling diversity, inclusion, and equity the enemy of America, of us, it's killing all of us? It, it's, it's an attack on male leadership. That, that's where all of this goes, that you know what? <clears throat> God had it wrong. God that placed certain responsibilities on man and God is wrong. And that's why I call this evil and the work of Satan. Because the world, particularly America, has been convinced that male leadership is no good. And that leadership, in order for it to be successful, in order for it to be respected, in order for it to be brilliant, in order for it to be legitimate, must be diverse. And so you have to make room for Rachel Levine. You have to make room for Ketanji Brown Jackson. You have to make room for Sam Britton. You have to make room for Hillary Clinton. Because. Male leadership is inherently evil and everything that has gone wrong in the world can be directly blamed on man. There's a kernel of truth in that, and that's the brilliance of the devil, because it is man's fault. We failed. We fell into sin and introduce sin into the world. There's no question. But in order to save mankind and this planet and to restore uh, honor, integrity, uh, uh, a country that works to end the chaos, it will take man, man male leadership to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that makes me a sexist pig. It does not undermine the fact that, hey, I love Kathy Barnett and supported her campaign in Pennsylvania. I love Carrie Lake, supported her campaign in Arizona. I, I'm I, Again, I'm not some sexist pig that can't support any woman in a leadership role. But I am a realist that men are going to have to fix this. And I say that because I'm a believer. And I say that because. (laughs) And I just learned this. This past week, or fully understood it, watching a different uh, sermon. in, In terms of understanding why the virgin birth, Mary, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, why it's important. Because man failed, and got a solution and he needed a man to enter the world who was not from man. That he was from Mary, a woman, a man from woman. He needed that miracle. He needed a man removed from the sin of Adam to come in and save the world and preach a new gospel and to restore order or give us a chance to recover and and experience grace and mercy. And so it's going to take Men being reborn, rededicated to a biblical worldview to fix this. Everything they're doing is to undermine male leadership. They've lied about history. They've denied the reality of the times that people lived in and have blamed everything on men. Not the reality. Again, I've I've walked you through like, no, the reason why the workforce has been traditionally dominated by men is because when work started, before all these technological advances, only men could do the work effectively. And so women played a different role. We go through the industrial revolution, this technological revolution, and now you can work just sitting at a laptop sitting on you and just using your fingers or whatever, yeah, now everybody can enter the workforce. But don't sit here and tell me that everybody from the past was evil and wicked because they had a male dominated workforce and culture. It was a reflection of the reality of that time and if we move any of these people back in that time, they would hop on board with it just the same. You wanna know why and look, Slavery, the subjugation of men, was commonplace globally. Black people had slaves. Black people sold slaves. Black people were involved in the slave trade in every capacity, using them, buying them, selling them, being slaves, everybody, because work was really hard back then and the subjugation of men uh, was a depraved, uh, solution, uh, industry that we bought into people humans bought into at that time. You, you put all of us back in those times and many of us make the same mistake, but because of Christianity, America fought a war to end slavery. Cotton gin helped. Again, it, it, it made slaves nece- less necessary, but the movement to end slavery by Christians was long before the cotton gin. But I, I just, the diversity, inclusion, and equity argument is that men aren't enough. And so the founding fathers, of this country they're evil and wicked they were slave owners we, we've heard this i'm gonna play the clip again from eli mistal or ellie Mistel, whatever his name he was on the view and and he articulated where this whole thing is going and the trashing of the founding fathers let's play the clip
0: the constitution is kind of trash now, <laughs> well, let's just, again, let's just talk as adults first. What did you say? It's what? It's, it's kind, kind of, of trash. Trash. It was, it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody look like me what they thought about the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, oh, Jim, come over here. What do you think about this old Constitution? Yeah. Well, Massa, I sure so don't like how you... So my children, um, but I gotta say, man, this King George—he needs to be stopped. Yeah. My, my grandpappy used to say, "Ain't no taxation without representation for massa." Like that's not what happened. Okay. Right? This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say that that if that is the starting point, Mm -hmm. the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. That's the starting line. Do you wanna rewrite it? I could.
1: So, yeah. That... That, in a nutshell, that minute, is the mindset driving diversity, inclusion, and equity. And it sounds good until you actually analyze what he's saying as a believer or as a person with common sense. He's not debating. And diversity, inclusion, and equity don't debate the merits, the substance of what the founding fathers did. It debates their race and debates their sin. He can't hold and none of these people can hold an argument, uh, sustain an argument that like, hey man these founding documents are inappropriate or inaccurate or unhealthy or didn't create the greatest nation uh, in the history of the planet. They can't have that argument in discussion. And so they're not having that argument in discussion. It's an argument without merit, without substance. He wants to take you to an emotional argument. No one that looked like me did this. No women did this. I don't care who did it. The documents stand the test of time. The documents created the fairest, most safest place for women on the planet. The documents created the fairest most safe place, most prosperous place for black people on the planet. You'll never hear him argue against that. Those are facts. Women and black people enjoy more freedom, prosperity, protection here under those documents than any place else on the planet. Those founding fathers, flawed as they were, took Christian principles and laced them throughout our founding documents and created the greatest country in the history of the planet. I don't care what color they were. What I care about is like what inspired them. Oh, the Bible. This is indisputable. The Bible inspired them to create those self perfecting documents. The documents that laid the foundation for the ending of slavery and created more prosperity, more freedom, more opportunity, more protection for black people and women than any place on the planet. Have that discussion, but instead, diversity, inclusion, and equity, all you have to do is make ad hominem attacks on people's race and gender and you've won the debate. There's no substance there. They're not having a real debate. They don't have a better idea. They just want to tear down. So, late last week, Jalen Rose, he joined Eli Mistal, or Misto, or whatever uh, Don King Jr. uh, had to say here. Jalen Rose jumped into this deal. And now he wants people to quit referencing and using Mount Rushmore. Can we retire using Mount Rushmore? That should be offensive to all of us, especially Native Americans, the indigenous people, who were the first people here before Christopher Columbus. That land was stolen from them when it was discovered that it contained gold. And 25 years later, to add insult to injury, four American presidents were put on what we call Mount Rushmore on the top of the dead bodies that is buried right underneath. So I call for you and for myself, I'm owning this too. Let's stop using the term Mount Rushmore. we we'll are talking about our favorite rappers, talking about our favorite movies be talking about our favorite players. I know you're going to see this video. So as we talk about our favorite rappers and how well they use the n-word, let's not uh, use the term Mount Rushmore because indigenous people are buried underneath Mount Rushmore. Now Again, Jalen Rose is a basketball player. Smokes a lot of weed. Uh, spends a lot of time on his hair. Uh, not very bright. He, he's he's paid to do exactly what he did there: stir up doo doo and denigrate America. And it, it's it's again if we walked. Jalen rose back to the 1600s at a time when men showed up anywhere around the globe and conquered whatever there was to be conquered. You ain't even gotta be very smart. Just watch the movies. Just watch. You can go back before 1600. You can watch Braveheart, watch uh, in anything from Roman Empire. Just, this is what men did back in those days. They showed up and conquered new worlds. If you had better weapons, if you had more soldiers, you just came in and took over a place. No different than, and Jalen Rose is from Detroit, he's a street guy, uh, no different than when the new gang shows up in some Detroit neighborhood and takes over. See if Jalen Rose will put out a video Uh, complaining about that. But we're going to go back to the 1600s and and we're going to throw a a tantrum uh, because people showed up here and say, you know what, we can take this thing over. These Native Americans, they got a nice little thing going here, but we got something better. And so if, 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 they didn't show up here and conquer. Where would Jalen Rose be living at today, and how would his life be? Would the Native Americans here in America, maybe Jalen would have uh, ended up here in America some other kind of way, or maybe maybe Jalen Rose, because there are people to believe there were black people born here in this hemisphere or whatever, and I'm sure there's some truth to that. Would the Native Americans have built a culture and a system that was the safest, most prosperous, most protected space on the planet for black people? Would they? Or would Jalen Rose have shown up here and done that? Would he? Did we do it in Africa? Or did the people that came here with a biblical worldview and a Christian worldview that rose to power, did they build the safest, most prosperous, most opportunity-based place on the planet for black people? Perhaps instead of denigrating them, you would celebrate them because it was their Christian worldview that allowed you to make millions of dollars playing the game of basketball. If Jalen Rose, let's assume, his descendants are from Africa. You think Jalen Rose would be a multimillionaire millionaire if, if he grew up in Africa? Maybe he'd been lucky and he'd have been like Hakeem Olajuwon, maybe. Or maybe not. This is Organized intentional stupidity and division. This is the separating and leaving the coarse parts. And again, the coarse parts are the idiots that are left on TV and given large platforms to further divide us with their diversity, inclusion, and equity agenda. And so for those of you that are believers, that are tracking this conversation. Guess who's next when they get done with the founding fathers, the next attack on male leadership. Guess who's next and where this has always been headed. Those evil 12 disciples of Jesus. Oh, my God. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon and Judas. They're up next on the chopping block. Because. uh, This is a rejection of male leadership. It's all rooted in that. That's the end game. Men. Men are to blame for everything. They must be taken down and destroyed. We must be diverse, inclusive, and equitable. If Jesus had just had Rachel Levine as one of his 12 disciples, oh my God, just think how much better the world would be. Oh, if Rachel Maddow had been one of the 12 disciples, if Kamala Harris had been one of the 12 disciples, if Hillary Clinton, if AOC, if Elon Omar, if Caitlyn Jenner, oh, the world would just, oh my God, you think you got it good now? Oh, that's where this is headed. They don't want male leadership because they don't want God's natural order. They don't believe in it. This is a satanic movement. Diversity, inclusion, and equity, die. Trust me, they intentionally call it diversity, equity, and inclusion because they knew if they had said inclusion before equity, It would just be too obvious. It's a death culture. It's a culture of chaos. It's a culture that emasculates men and turns them into eunuchs. The entire thing, everything that I'm talking about today, you can't have divinity without masculinity. It does not work. There's a reason there were... 12 male disciples. There's a reason why Mary virgin miracle boy, Jesus, not Jane. God didn't send Jane to save the world. He sent Jesus and they're going to dirty that up and lie to you and tell you that it's a myth and that you shouldn't believe it and you gotta walk away from it. They've come up with this whole new strategy in the past couple years, Christian nationalism. And I'm watching ministers run from it. They just keep coming up with little tricks, and ploys, and tools. No one had ever heard of Christian nationalism five years ago, 10 years ago, and now everybody's afraid of it. Oh, I don't want to be a Christian nationalist. So I I went last week, this week, looking up Christian nationalism and I went to Christianity Today. And this is how they define Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is the belief that the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. I don't have a problem with that. That definition does not bother me. I I, I call me a Christian nationalist every day of the week. I'm not an idiot. Any understanding of this country and its founding and why it became the greatest country in the history of the world and why it became the safest, most prosperous, most protected space country on the planet for black people and for everybody is because it was founded in Christian values and biblical principles. This isn't up for debate. It's not disputed. It's a fact. And so, yeah, I want our government to protect that because it's work for me and it's work for all of us. This stuff they're doing will not work. It's going to lead to death, dying. Here's what Christianity Today, again, I don't know much about Christianity Today, I'm gonna have to do some more research on it, but here they, they in this story where I got this definition, they said, is that really a problem or just an abstract word about Christian nationalism? It is a serious problem. When nationalists go about, their, about constructing their nations, they have to define who is and who is not part of the nation. But there are always dissidents and minorities who do not or cannot conform to the nationalist preferred cultural template. In the absence of moral authority, nationalists can only establish themselves by force scholars are almost unanimous that nationalist governments tend to become authoritarian and oppressive in practice. For example, in past generations, to the extent that the United States had a quasi-established official religion, a a Protestant, uh, it did not expect true religious freedom. It did not respect true religious freedom. Worse, The United States and many individual states use Christianity as a prop to support slavery and segregation. That last sentence, I completely reject. It's a falsehood. They're repeating this secular notion that Christianity justified slavery and segregation. No, it did not. It fought to eliminate and inspire people to eliminate slavery and segregation did Some people misuse the Bible and Christianity to justify their wickedness. Absolutely. Don't put that on the Bible. Don't put that on God. Put that on the people that misuse the Bible and God. Christianity did not do that. And I'm offended that they would repeat that lie because it is a lie. That's not my opinion. Do your own study of history and it's clear cut. Christians were the leaders of the abolitionist movement and people of faith were the leaders of the civil rights movement. Cut it out with this lie that so-and-so used it for justification and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's bogus. The other part of this, uh, that, that they're going to have to deal with and, and accept the Christian culture benefits non believers. It benefits people of all religions. Go back. And again, this is the lesson that Bill Maher is starting to figure out. I never expect the man to be a Christian. I never expect him to admit that he's wrong about what he said about Christianity. I do expect him to continue to figure out that a Judeo-Christian culture served him, freedom of speech, and and it was a far more tolerant culture than what we have going on today. And so all of these, this secularist, culture that we have going on today. All these things that they all are gonna be a byproduct of Christian nationalism. Uh, Governments tend to become authoritarian and oppressive in practice. What do y'all think is going on right now under the guise of diversity, inclusion, and equity, under the Biden regime? We are seeing the targeting and criminalizing and incarceration of the people that disagree with the current administration. We got the FBI running around pretending like Trump supporters are the greatest threat to the safety and the sovereignty of America than anybody on the planet. It's a joke. It's the targeting of the uh, political people that disagree with you and are a threat to your power. You can trump up this January 6th thing, oh, it was an insurrection with zip ties and and mule hats. And flags. Yeah, they were gonna overthrow the government. And yeah, everybody went back to work three hours later, but this was the most dangerous thing in the history of America. And our whole democracy almost fell apart because a couple, two or 3,000 people were let into the Capitol mostly And some police uh, lied, lied, oh, it was the most dangerous day and I had to fight. And they haven't showed a video yet of any real danger. You want to see some danger, I can take you to uh, South Central LA. I can take you to Chicago. I can take you to any of these urban areas. Far more dangerous than anything we saw on January the 6th. who who, it's the non-believers that become uh, uh, oppressive and authoritarian because their logic does not work. They have to force people into adopting their beliefs. That's why they censor everything. They can't win a debate. Their ideas are not strong enough. They're not grounded in truth. They're not grounded in God's truth. And so they put a gun to your head. They threaten you with incarceration. They ban you on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook because their ideas suck. They're not attached to God. They're not attached to a universal truth. And so these Christian nationalists, again, when you're standing with truth, there's no need to put a gun to someone's head. I can kill you with the truth. I can win you over with the truth. And I'm gonna uh, attach it to the conversation I'm telling you I had with my friend this weekend The truth shook him to his core. He had to get off the phone with me. It was overwhelming and they don't want those conversations going on. That's why they censor people. That's why they divide you and separate you. They sift you. That's why You don't, don't listen to that person. He's a conservative. Don't listen to that person. He's a Christian nationalist. Don't listen to that person. He doesn't hate Trump. There's no one I'm afraid to listen to. No one. Check my record. Listen to the things I talk about and discuss along my journey. I will listen to anyone because I'm on a search for truth and the truth doesn't scare me regardless of who speaks it. And I'm grounded in a biblical truth that that again that trumps all. And so I don't run around in fear. Oh, I can't talk to this person. Oh, I can't be seen with this person. Oh, I can't like this tweet. I can't follow this person. I can't retweet that person. What will people think about me? I'm not a coward. Too many men are cowards. Too many ministers are cowards. Too many people afraid of diversity, inclusion, and equity. They're they're treating that religion like it trumps the gospel. It doesn't. If we're going to fix this, men are going to have to stand up and they're going to have to stand on biblical truth and they're going to have to deal with the slings and arrows of the seculars calling you every name in the book. You're going to have to become fearless And I'm sorry your minister isn't telling you this because it would probably land differently. I'm trying to put pressure on your minister. This show is trying to put pressure on your minister to stand in the pocket, to stand in that pulpit and tell the truth. Tell the people what the actual problem is. Don't dance. Don't run from it. Don't preach some safe message while our kids are being targeted and groomed for a lifestyle that will destroy them. You can get up there on Sunday and preach that little happy talk and make all them women in your church happy and feel good about themselves. Or you can stand in the pocket and tell them, hey, we need all believers to stand up and support the gospel and get behind and demand that the men in your church and the men in your life stand up and fulfill their responsibility to God and these children that we're leaving to be groomed and violated and to grow up in a country that will destroy them and will remove their freedoms and will eventually Come after the 12 disciples the same way they're coming after the founding fathers. Will label your kids a racist, a homophobe, or any, any name under the book if they stand on biblical truth. Cowards. Stevie Wonder can see what's going on. Coming for your kids. The last thing on earth you want uh, in this current culture, the worst thing you can be is a heterosexual Christian male in the current culture they're constructing. You gonna leave that for your kids? You gonna do nothing about it? And I'm talking to those, you ain't even gotta be a believer, just a man. You're going to leave that for your kids and grandkids that the culture is going to demand that they hop on board with the LGBTQ, silent P transphobic lifestyle if they want to get ahead. That's what you're going to leave for your kids and your daughters. That they have to marry some switch hitting, don't know who he is, man, That's what you're gonna leave for your daughters. Are you really that selfish? That cowardly? Nothing wrong with male leadership. God prefers it. He endorses it. It's our responsibility. This whole little diversity, again, I don't want to pick on them, but just as a small example, staying in my lane, the sports lane. has all the diversity, inclusion and equity, has, has that made sports talk? Is that made ESPN and Fox Sports better? Is it better? Mina Kimes preaching to you about football, is that better? That's better than Tom Jackson and Chris Berman. More informative, more entertaining, more insightful. Look, I'm I like looking. You know, I could. Take Barstool Sports, I can look at Kay Smith all day. Enjoy it. Occasionally entertain, but it ain't better. That's all I got. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a stand off nothing in life like freedom. Came in like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. Wow